four, three, Welcome everybody. Uh, we are going to be here at Tuesday at the table. Want to welcome everybody that's here in the sanctuary th this evening and everybody that's out there in Facebook Live land. Um, we are here to eat at the table of the Word of God. Amen. Amen. We're going to get started in the uh, our last part of our Jesus study, the one who was who is and is to come. Tonight is Jesus, the one who is to come. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about him on the throne tonight. Amen. But let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, right now we just come before you, lifting you up. This is your time. This is your time to, to feed us with your word, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit open eyes, ears, and hearts to everything you want said tonight, heard tonight, and lived by tonight, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, the one who was slain but is alive today. We thank you for him and the saving grace that is just in his name, Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And in his name we do pray tonight. Amen. Amen. Um, just a little catch up, and I left my other notes. And... We have been talking the last several weeks about Jesus. We talked about the Jesus who was. And uh, we talked about him throughout the Old Testament. And most people go, Jesus, Old Testament, where, who, what? Well, there's prophecy throughout the Old Testament, but Jesus was present in the Old Testament. You read in Genesis where God looks and says, let us make man in our image. Uh, he wasn't talking to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was spirit at the time. He wasn't talking to the angels. He was talking to the Son. So Jesus was there. Also, we can go into the New Testament where it is, I'm going to bring this, maybe I'm hitting it a little bit too much. Maybe it's too hot. How about that? That might have messed up Facebook land. Let's go up here and I'll just keep my hands like this. Um, we even go into the New Testament where it talks about in John 1 1 it says in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God the word being Jesus himself Jesus Christ is the word the living word and even in the beginning of John 1 it testifies of him being all the way into the beginning this is John and John is recalling again I told you my opinion of John John was an 18 year old kid when he was called John, the way he wrote, was remembering as a teenager following Jesus. I love the book of John. We know that Luke was a physician. So the way he approaches things, it's almost, you can almost see it's like a physician. Matthew, he likes numbers. Why does he like numbers? What was Matthew? Tax collector, yes. See, so there's different views, just like every one of us. Like I said, if we would go outside and we would see, I'm not going to say an accident, we would see... <laughs> a airplane flyby and it, it did acrobats we would all describe it in a similar fashion but it would all be different right we would say yes it did I might say oh it was doing 180 loop to loops with a bank of 45 degrees and y'all go and it's going it was going wow wow Gene Chong for and it was the same thing okay so that's why we got to look at even in in the Gospels these are four these were four men led by God to give their account of the life of Christ. 
here on earth. And John opens it up saying, look, our Jesus has been here since the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, with the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So that was Jesus who was. We talked about the last couple of weeks, we talked about the Jesus who is. And that's who we look as him, add, add him as him, add him as in the Gospels. We talked about Jesus the child. We talked about Jesus the, the Messiah, the teacher. We talked all sorts of different, we went through different uh, scriptures. We talked about Jesus the persecuted. We talked about Jesus the dead. Sorry, he was dead. His flesh body was dead. His spirit wasn't. And no, it didn't spend three days in hell. Unfortunately, people like to teach that. He went down and did one thing. He took the keys and said, here, to death, hell, and the grave. And he went back home and he was at the right hand with the dad. Dad said, you're going to have to go back and get that flesh. And he did. And then we have Jesus the resurrected we talked about. And for 40 days he walked around. And he gave different messages. And this is where we're, gonna, we're going to take up. And we're going to start tonight Jesus as the one who is to come. At the very end of where he, when he was here on earth the first time. And are down here in flesh that we read about in the Gospels. And is, we're going to talk about the one on the throne first. Jesus is the one on the throne. And in Matthew 19, starting in verse 28, I'm going to give you all time. Matthew 19, verse 28. I'm not going to fly through it. Some of us use our smartphones. Some of us still use paper and ink. Some of us like to listen. It doesn't matter. As long as you're receiving the word, you're reading the word, or you're getting the word. So I'm going to give you a few seconds. Those of you out there in Facebook land, give you a few seconds. One Okay, there's your second. Matthew 19, verse 28. It says, Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. Those who have seen least important now will be the greatest then. He's talking to his apostles and he's saying, look, you're fixing to come up here. You're going to be seated on, the, on thrones around me. I'm about to ascend into heaven. This is right before Jesus ascends into heaven. He is saying, I am going to be sitting on the throne when y'all get up here. And guess what? They're all up there right now. We lost one, Judas, but he was filled in by who? No. I mean, but who? I'm pre, this is my interpretation. We don't know who the 12 are, but I'm pretty sure Paul is going to be one of the 12. But there's going to be 12 elders around. But seated right now on that throne is who? Jesus. He's at the right hand of the Father who's always been on the throne. He's never turned his back on you. He's never uh, turned his head away from you. The only time it ever speaks that he had to turn his head away was when? 
when, yes, yeah. So what we need to do is understand that our Jesus is sitting on a throne today. He's waiting. I, I like to say he's waiting on go. Um, those of y'all in the military, y'all did a bunch of exercises. Me and Pastor were doing some military stuff uh, talking earlier, but um, even firefighters, you, you trained. You train like you fight. Uh, those of y'all in sports, you practice like you play. And what it is, is Jesus knows what's going to happen. He's ready. He's on go. Uh, in the Navy, I, was, I worked on avionics equipment, but I was shipbound, so I was taught firefighting because you do not have 911 at sea. And I, was, I worked in repair lockers, a rep, what was called a repair locker. I ended up working in repair locker and ended up being what's called an on-scene leader. I, I just kind of always waited. I could be working on aircraft parts, but if I heard the dinging of fire, 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 and that was coming across, I knew I was probably getting a phone call, and which happened one night. Um, we had a fire on board, and they went, there was guys whose main jobs, they, were, they worked nothing but firefighting. Well, I was waiting on go the whole time, and someone got a hold and said, Collins needs to get down here. We need on-scene leaders. So I ended up, ended up being on scene and did, doing my job. But I was waiting on go because I knew something was about to happen. Jesus is just waiting. You know, there's a song out there about, you know, go get, you know, Jesus, step out. I can't remember the name of the song. It's a southern gospel song. It's where he steps out on the cloud and it talks about father looks at him and says, go get my children. That's what Jesus is waiting on today. Midnight cry. That's, if I do not remember that song uh, good gracious, Gold City, uh, and I can't think of his name, Ivan Parker, uh, made that, I'm quiet down, thank you, thank you brother, whoo, my, my dad, if he was in that grave, would be turning over, but I know he's in glory, so, because he loved that song, but it says, go get my children, and Jesus steps out, Jesus is waiting on that throne today to do that. He's waiting for, and we're not going to get into eschatology tonight, okay? I'm not going to, we're not going to debate pre, mid, and post, okay? We're not going there. I don't feel like doing that tonight. We're just knowing he's sitting on the throne waiting for God to say, go get my children, amen? We also know he's on the throne if you read 1 Peter 3, 22. 1 Peter 3, 22. Give you that one second again. And one second. First Peter 3.22. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He is seated in the place of honor next to God. And all the angels and authorities and powers accept his authority. In other words, everything up there in heaven understand his authority and know he is the son of God. He is God. He was God incarnate. And guess what? It says that and all angels and authorities and powers. All angels, whether they're in heaven or fallen. We talked about this last week. We talked about when those that were possessed and how they would come out and they would go, why are you after us now? Are you here to torment us now? You know, they know what's going to happen in the end already. They know their torment is coming. It's all angels, whether they're in heaven or they're fallen. And all authorities in heaven, you know, we fight against what? 
principalities and powers and authorities of the air. Amen? When somebody ticks you off, guess what? They're being used. Understand that. Get mad at the devil. Maybe we won't get mad at each other so much. I like that one. Get mad at the devil. Amen? But empowers accept his authority. They understand. They know he is seated upon that throne today. And now we're about to get into probably I may stay here or I may jump up and pastor going to have to get on the camera because I'm going to start running and shouting. We're going to talk about the vision of Jesus. This is, I've read Revelations. I love the study of the seven churches. The seven churches are not just about the church. They're each and every one of us. They're how our walk can be and how we can be. Because there's funny, the church don't have an ear, but every one of those churches says, take heed. Those that have ears, take heed. Every, so that means every person. I love studying that, but this is one of my favorite parts of Revelation. It's Revelation 1, we're going to start in verse 12. And this is the vision that Peter got. I mean, not Peter. John. Why did I say that? What John got. When he was taken up, this is what he saw. Okay, every one of us, when we think of Jesus, we think of the beard, the long hair, wearing a robe, maybe a glow behind the head, maybe a smile, maybe sad eyes. That's what we're thinking, right? We think of the dark hair. We think of the olive skin. We think of that. I'm sorry, he's not like that no more. And you're fixing to read why? You're fixing to read that what? Now, the, this gets, I honestly, I get chills. I'm getting chills right now. When I think of how majestic my Jesus is. It says in verse 12, it says of Revelation 1. This is John. It says, when I turn to see, okay, I got this there. When I turn to see who was speaking, to me, I'm going to get like this. How about that? I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the midst of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash on his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves his voice thundered everybody's got this goofy and I'm sorry I'm fixing to get off on a tangent here this goofy tangent Jesus is like Gandhi oh turn your other cheek I'm sorry my Jesus's voice is as loud as thunder he is in heaven right now with in a majestic fashion sitting upon a throne he is his the deity of him is so great that even his feet glow like refined bronze He's not just some little meek man. I'm sorry, I never thought of Jesus as a meek man. He was a carpenter for at least 15 years. 
And I'm not talking about getting your Ryobi out and putting in your 14 volt. No, he had the crudest of crude. Our grandparents didn't have these crudest stuff. He had calluses, he got splinters. My Jesus worked. And I guarantee you, that man, he wasn't a wimp if he's flipping over tables and running people out of the, out of the temple. He may have had moments, I'm sorry, I'm not the roughest, toughest dude, but I, I guarantee you, I can get emotional. Especially when it comes to stuff about my Lord, or I see someone get saved, I'll bawl like a baby. But let someone mess with my daughter or mess with certain things, I'm going to bow up like my, my Jesus was like that. I'm sorry, when Jesus, you read throughout the New Testament and read throughout the Gospels, when he's in correction mode, usually talking to the Pharisees, well, he gets in correction mode with, with his disciples. And I guarantee you he had a stern voice. He wasn't like, oh, no. No, he had a stern voice. But when he was looking at the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he let them have it. And he wasn't just, oh, I'm sorry, Gandhi was Gandhi, Jesus. My Jesus was a, a tough guy. And now he's a majestic king. And he looks like one, and his voice is as thunder. You know, we talk about, we look, one of my favorite cartoons growing up was Thundar the Barbarian. You know, and Thundar had his good buddy who? Ukla. And he would scream, all right, Ukla, all right. You know, that's Jesus is just raw. And that's how he sits. He's not some meek little thing out there. I'm sorry, kings, you read about David. You read about the kings of the Old Testament. They weren't meek men. David was at one time was a scrawny boy who defeated a giant. But he didn't stay that way. My Jesus is now sitting on a throne. He's got hair as white as wool. His eyes are like flames. My Jesus is the king of kings. Amen? That just excites me to know that he's sitting up there looking like that. He's got, you know, knowing that he's king-like wearing the white robe and he's got the gold sash and he's got the flaming eyes and he is just sitting there waiting on go to come get us. This king of kings, instead of sending, and guess what? He wrote, it's written that he is coming to get us. It doesn't say he's sending his angels to come get us. No, he's going to do the job himself. And when I see that vision walk out on a cloud, he ain't going to take me up fast enough. Because I'm going to be like jumping. I'm going to be trying to get to him. But to see, and just think, the world's going to witness that, the lost world. And they're going to know what, and they're going to look into those eyes. They're going to see that, that deity, that God, that king of kings, sitting on that cloud and what they're going to have to face. That's scary to me. Not for me, but for those. And that shows we got a job to do. Amen? If you got loved ones and you got people you don't care for, you better love them enough to at least get them saved.
because we're supposed to love everybody. Again, let's go military. For me, it was Saddam Hussein. I was a desert stormer. Many of y'all went, some of y'all went to the second Iraq. Some of y'all, Saddam's not a good man. I can tell you, there were times I said, I hate Saddam Hussein. But as a Christian, I should love him enough that he can be saved. Do I like him? No, it says to love him. That means we love him enough to let him know that Jesus loved him also and died on a cross for him. Amen? The crack dealer that's down the road that's trying to sell your kids crack, and guess what? As a dad, I would be ready to crack his head wide open, but I better be enough of a Christian to love him enough after I get his tail arrested to go look at him square in the face and go, you tried to sell my kid crack, but I'm going to sell you something better, and it's free, it's Jesus. That's how we should be as Christians. We should love them enough not to want anyone to go to hell because they're going to look in the eyes of this, this king of kings that's going to step out on a cloud if they're still alive, and they're going to go, that's what i got to face on judgment day. I'm in trouble. Why didn't somebody tell me? I've shared, this. Vanessa heard me say this before when I pastored. One of the scariest moments for me, I think, is going to be if I go into heaven and it's all laid out before and he's telling what I've done and everything. But then I look over and there's going to be those going, why didn't you tell me? That scares me. Not that I'm going to go join, but I'm going to look into someone's eyes that I knew. That scares me. Or someone's into someone's eyes when I knew what Christ has done for me and I did not share my testimony. I'm not talking about sharing. I shared Jesus and I didn't share with them because I didn't care for them or oh they were my old running buddy and I didn't want them to think I got weak and then they're looking up fixing to go to an eternity of hell and I go and then I look I, I've actually had the dream of that and I looked at my hands and there was blood it's scary to me because this vision is going to be sitting on a throne and it's the throne of judgment and he's going to give it and he's going to look into the Lamb's book of life and he's going to see and those that aren't written in there and if I got a loved one that's going to happen to I'm not, I can't be mad at my Jesus. I can't be mad at God. I can only be mad at myself if their blood's on my hands. Because God and Jesus paved the way. We need to, and I don't know why I went down this road, but we need to be the ones who lead them to the way. They have paved the way with Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection, that path has been to heaven is paved. 
God planned it, Jesus did it, and it's done. Now it's for us to make sure we lead people to that path. You do it with your testimony. You do it with loving people. Even though they get you mad in the McDonald's drive-thru. Those little girls and guys that are in there, they're facing cussing and everything else left and right. Why don't you be the Jesus they see every day? And you don't have to say much, but other you have a great day. Bless you. Again, I do it, and the time, and Vanessa sees it, and the the people's demeanor that will change. You may be the only Jesus someone sees that day. That you may be the love of Jesus that someone sees that day. We need to start loving like Jesus. There's a lot of people that are on my <clears throat> list. But guess what? They need to be also on my I need to love them enough to tell them about Jesus list. I'm guilty. I'm going to tell you. Well, you, you used to pastor churches. Mm-hmm. And I used to be upset at people. I can be flesh and human just like everybody else. Like I said last week, that man back there in the back does not rip his shirt open, his T-shirt, have a giant P on it because he's super pastor. Mine didn't either. We could get upset. I'm going to buy him a shirt like that one day. I'm going to have him come up in here. But the whole thing is understand, we have our moments, but we also can get checked. And we can get checked, and we can, I learned to apologize more as a pastor than I ever did. When I entered ministry, I've apologized more in my life to people than I ever have. Ever have. And that's because it's like, eh, what are they going to think? And then I go to them, and they're like, well, I didn't think nothing about it. Well, I did. I got to make sure I'm, everything's right. Because we need people, when they see that glimpse of Jesus, that, that, that hair of wool. I can just, I can see that vision of him just, I mean, and that beard coming down and his eyes aflame. They're aflame for you and me. They're aflame for every lost person out here. Because they're aflame of love. He just dropped that one on my spirit right there. He burns for us like any true groom does for his bride. Because that's what he's waiting on is to come get his bride. And the more of us that's in the bride party, the happier he's going to be. But those eyes right now burn for every single soul on this earth. Amen? They burn for those that are lost right now. Because he wants them in the bride party. He's done his job. It's time for us to do ours. It's time for us to do ours. There's no, there's no turn of burning we need to do. We need to go, Jesus loved you so much. That God's loved you so much he sent Jesus. And I was jacked up. Use your testimony. That's what you're supposed to do. Let them hear your testimony, and then they're going to go, let your friends who knew how jacked up you were at one time, and then you tell them, look, I ain't like that no more. I got military buddies that knew me in the military. 
and we're friends on Facebook. Two of my best friends, one of them was, and there's a tradition in the Navy, it's called crossing the line. It's called wog day. Your wogs, and then there's shellbacks. Your shellback is when someone's already done it. My two friends I, were together on Facebook. I have not seen them in 30-something years, and we talk almost every day. One of them was a wog with me, and the other one was our shellback, which was our, basically our sponsor. We went through an initiation, and it was an initiation. They've seen us at times. Let me tell you. Let me just go this way. They both freaked out when they found out I was a pastor the first time. Not in a way of, oh, my gosh, how can you be a pastor? But, oh, man, that's the greatest thing in the world. And then they start sharing their testimony. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know, and I see them, and I see how, you know, my one friend Don is raising his children, and they're, he's got two boys right now that are godly young men. And, and then it's like, oh, that's so great. But there's others that have seen me and go, wow, you really? And I said, yeah, I, I got tired of playing the game and running. And that's what we need to do. Because guess what? I'm, like I said, I'm get, getting into eschatology. Every second that ticks by is a second closer to him coming back. Whether it's in two days or 25 years or whatever. He's one second closer. He's one second closer of people you can reach going to hell. So let's, let's start looking and sharing Jesus, okay? And I don't mean beating people in the head with the Bible. Share your love, share Jesus, and share your testimony. And you will not believe what that will do when they get in here or they get to whatever church they get to, that's when they can start learning the scripture. Because the scripture's for us. This is for us to grow and edify the body. Amen? But this is the vision of Jesus. In verse 17 of that same revelation, it says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if were dead. But he said... But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever. If this don't get y'all excited, come on, people. You know, we may be studying, but you can, you may get, can get a little, sh this right, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the key, keys, to death and the grave. That should get y'all excited. Y'all should be like, yes. Because, yes, he was talking to John, but you know what? He's saying that to each and every one of us. I am the living one. Yes, I was dead, but I'm raised again, and I'm up here in heaven. I'm waiting on go, and just look at me. My eyes are on fire for you, and I'm ready. I hold the keys. Guess what? My dad's bones, my mama's bones are going to come up one day because he holds the key to that grave. He holds the key to death. Their spirit is waiting, 
One day there is going to be the resurrection of the dead. And they're going to raise up. And they're going to be caught up in the air. And my dad's not going to be 92 years old anymore. He's not going to have um, lung cancer. He's not going to have melanoma. He's not going to have Hodgkin's. He's not going to have all that stuff I, I, I feel Agent Orange gave him. And still lived in 92. He's going to be that strapping guy that I remember as a little two-year-old that used to come in as a senior chief off his ship, pick, him, pick me up and look at me square in the eye and go, what's up, Charlie Brown? That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen with my mom. That's what's going to happen to your loved ones. If you meet the grave before he comes, you're going to be caught up. You're no longer going to have sicknesses. It's all going to be great. And if you can't get excited about that, and if you've got loved ones you want to make it there and to be restored, that should be some motivation too. But I am alive forever. I'm not dead in a grave no more. Why are you looking amongst the dead for the living? One of my favorite lines during his resurrection. Why are you looking amongst the dead for the living? So many times we like to look at Jesus' body on a cross and, you know, on, in pictures and stuff. Yes, we can get a glimpse of that, but understand our Jesus ain't nailed to a cross no more. He's not closed up in a grave no more. He has ascended with what I described a few minutes ago that's in the Word of God, and I believe every word of it. And he himself says, I am alive forever and ever. And greater than that is I hold the keys of death in the grave, and that's for each and every one of us. That's at the moment. The grave is a, a holding place. Amen? He holds the keys to both of them. But that's the vision of Jesus, and I told you I'd get excited during that one. But I also want you to understand that this is the Jesus, again, us military guys like this, this Jesus is the rider on the white horse. And here's his description. That's Revelations 19 and 11 is where we're going to begin. We're going to go 19, 11 through 16. And if this doesn't want to make you shout too, I'm going to ask every one of y'all to drink a monster before y'all come in here next time and y'all wake up. I'm just kidding. Pastor's back there going, no, they needed Red Bulls. Um, no, but this is exciting also. It says, Revelation 19, 11 says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. Here we go again. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. Every crown of every nation will sit upon his head, because he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His, his, a name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dipped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. Let's go back to John 1. 
No, don't turn there. I'm just saying go back to John 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. Guess what? His title was Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linens, followed him on a white horse. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod. He released the fierce wrath of God the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe at his thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what the second scene is going to be. When those that miss the first time he walks out, they're going to see him come back like this. I don't want to be on that end. I want to be behind him. You know, doing my war cry. Ah! You know, it won't be like that. That sounded like I was trying to be a tenor. Uh, I didn't want to roar. I'm afraid not. But still... He's going to come out, and the armies of God are going to be behind him. This is when he's coming. He's basically, this is it. Does this sound like the meek Gandhi little person a lot of people like to pass over as being our Jesus? Oh, turn the other cheek. We're supposed to love people enough to where they're not supposed to offend us as Christians to give them the testimony and the story of Jesus. We're supposed to turn from our persecution like that. Man up. Honestly, that just dropped in me. That's a good one right there, Pastor. I think the turn the other tree was basically Jesus saying, man up. Don't, sorry ladies, this is the new terminology of today. Don't be a Karen. There's no Karens out here, are there? That's, huh? So, but you understand, that's what they're saying. In other words, don't be a wimp. Man up. People are going to persecute you. You show the love of Jesus. That's not wimpy. I'm sorry, someone that can take, take it? What's wimpy is going, oh, I don't believe in him. No, don't, don't persecute me. I'm, I'm just as big a heathen as you are. That's wimpy. That's wimpy. But the rider of the white horse, you know, it described him. It's the same. Notice he didn't change. He's still got the white hair. He's got the eyes of flame. It just gives a little extra. He's got that sword coming out of his mouth. The sword. And he's going to come, and he's going to do what? He's going to be the righteous judge. He's going to judge fairly. Plain and simple. But he's coming. This ain't when he comes for the church. This is when he's coming to. He's tired. It's, it's over. It's time for us to do what we need to do. Amen. And this, we also need to know that he's the coming king. We just read that he's going to come out and written it on his thigh. It says, King of kings and Lord of lords, right? But he is the coming king. Revelations 22 and 12. Let y'all get there. Give you that one second. 
one. Revelations 22, 12 says, look, I am coming soon. This is Jesus himself. And they're wrapping up. He's wrapping up the revelation. He's wrapping up this prophecy. He's just gave a warning. Do not let anybody change it. Do not let anybody jack up, with, jack up my, my prophecy that I've given you. And then this is his, his words. He says, look, I am coming soon bringing my reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jump down to verse 20. It says, He who is the faithful witness to all these things, yes, I am coming soon then John says this and we've talked about this word amen come Lord Jesus amen's not a period amen is so be it I can guarantee you if I was John and I would have received this revelation and this is how it ended I, it would have been better than any Super Bowl it would have been better than any Smackdown it would have been better than any the any ending of a of a World Series or you know the one time my Auburn Tigers have won the national championship you know it would have been better it's gonna be way better than that it would have been because he would have said those words and every hair on the back of my neck would have stood up and I would have been, yes, Jesus, come. And that's how I am today because we should be excited. He's coming. But we should also know that if he's coming, we got a job to do. We got a job. We all have a job in the kingdom. Don't just think ministry is for people like Pastor or myself or Pastor Kevin. Every one of us are ministers you all, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Guess what? It was to every one of you. Yes, some are called to be teachers. Some are called to be preachers. Some are called to be prophets. We're all called to do different things. But every one of us can share our testimony, and people can be saved. And don't think you failed because you shared your testimony, and someone looks at you and goes, oh, cool, and they walk away. Because let me tell you another thing, and it's talked about in Scripture in plenty of places. There are those who, a lot of people say you got to plant first. No, what you have to do first is you got to plow and till the soil. You may be the person that actually softens up that rock-hard heart. And then there may be a person two days later who drops the seed in the ground. And then there might be that person who waters it, and you may be nowhere around the day that it is raised up, bloomed, and bore fruit of salvation. But understand this. You'll know it one day. Just like I said about the hands, you're going to know every person that you've ever affected, and that is, I feel. There's, there's a song, I, many, some of y'all might have heard it. it was, um, it's called Thank You for Giving to the Lord. It was used by TBN and everything. But you think of that message. Just imagine the people that, will be, that can be coming up to you going, you know, the day you smiled at me in McDonald's made me think. 
the day you held the door open at, to me when everybody else was running from the rainstorm at Applebee's, but you sat there and got drenched, and I could just tell there was something different about you. Or they're going to look at you, and you're the one that shared Jesus with me, you know, and I got saved a couple years later because I remembered your words, and on and on and on and on and on. He's coming, but we got a job to do. This Jesus is sitting here waiting on the word go. He's the one to come. We know about who was, who is, and is to come. We know him sitting on the throne right now. We need to share him. Those of you that work in the lobbies, and people who don't even know Jesus, and they come in and you got smiles on your faces. I'm going to tell you, when we came here, we were invited by the Bartons to come to church here about a year and a half ago. We came in the doors, and the whole thing that grabbed us was we felt love. It, and it was the pastor. He just preached so well. I just, no. <laughs> no. But I'll tell you, We felt love from him when he was on this stage. We felt love from the person, I can't remember his name, I'm still, he always works outside, where's the Alabama stuff? He was there the first day and he greeted us. You were the one that opened the door. You always opened the door. And then we get greeted. I remember being greeted by Tommy. I remember being greeted. But I'll tell you one thing. That's love. And guess what? That's the love of Jesus. And when somebody don't know the love of Jesus and they start filling it all the way in here, and as you were saying earlier, Pastor, because it is all over this house, they can feel the love, but when they come in here and they feel the glory, Ooh. when they feel the glory we can talk about stuff coming or whatever but when you come into his house and you know people are getting saved and getting wrecked and getting changed getting healed getting um, delivered whatever because the glory of God the Shekinah glory of God is in this house and it's waiting here and it's, guess what it's not just waiting here will you usher it in it's coming in with you because the Spirit of God lives in each and every one of us now do you have your door closed or do you have it wide open and when we all get together in here and our doors are wide open the glory just I've heard um, we weren't here this weekend but I expect the glory to fall this weekend. I'm ready for it to fall right now. I would come, Lord, like, come, Lord Jesus. Because when the glory, it's more, it's more than us getting what we want, our healings, our deliverances, or anything. Let the glory of God start pouring out in us and out of this sanctuary. People are going to get wrecked and saved in Millbrook. They're going to get wrecked and saved up in uh, Billingsley. They're going to get wrecked and saved in Prattville. They're going to get wrecked and saved in Montgomery. They're going to get wrecked and saved in Wetumpka. Even in Little O Eclectic, where I'm from, they're going to get wrecked and saved. 
They're going to get wrecked and saved because I'm believing that that's going to start broadcasting again and the glory is going to start going out and they're going to start getting wrecked and saved all over the world because they're going to get tuned in and they're going to be watching this church. This not I'm not talking about destiny. I'm talking about a body. I'm, I told you, you said you didn't know what was going on. A body of believers that's got the glory of God coming all around them and off of them. They're going, it's going to go through the airways. Oh, you really think that can happen? No, I don't think it's going to go through the airways because God's omnipresent. That means he's everywhere. That means his spirit is everywhere. And his spirit will fall wherever somebody's watching us out there. It could be falling right now on Facebook. And Mark Zuckerberg can't do a diddly about it because the Spirit of God and God is greater. Amen? Amen. He will use whatever media there is. TV, radio, Facebook, huh? each other, Publix, Walmart, McDonald's. Sorry, officer, I was speeding. I know I was doing 25 over. I'm not just sharing this because I want you to not write me for reckless, but do you know Jesus loves you? Instead of, why were you waiting there? That's all y'all trying to do. You're trying to cover your paycheck, ain't you? That's all y'all doing. He's a trap. It don't matter if they trapped you or not. If you're going 25, 15 over, you need a ticket. We drove down to the beach this weekend. There were times I was actually over 10, and I'm getting passed. If I got stopped for a ticket, that's my fault. Don't get mad at the state trooper. Now, if he gets me for, well, that's, I got two tickets in a matter of three weeks by the same police officer about two years ago in Montgomery, Alabama. It was two different places. Going into my neighborhood off of Lagoon Park, you go up, I don't live in Pecan Grove, but you go up in Pecan Grove, there's a hill and there's a three-way stop. Well, I, I did a rolling stop. He's down at the bottom of this hill watching for someone to do a rolling stop. And as soon as I did, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the, I was already pulled over before he even got around the corner. I knew he got me. Two weeks later, I'm on where's, I mean, I'm on uh, Mount Meg's turning on to right there at the the orthodox church turning toward jackson hospital and i don't use my blinker because you know people coming this way down mount meg's is flying and i got over the lane real quick and i whooped it in there and i didn't turn my blinker on he gave me another ticket i said you know you gave me a ticket the other day over in Pecan. he goes i thought you looked familiar but using a different vehicle i go yeah he recognized me but guess what? I didn't get mad at him. And I shared, I, you know, I sat there and we kind of kidded around. Do you want to know what probably 90% of the people would have done with that police officer? A very hard time. May have called his mama things that don't need to be said. And there, no mamas need, ever need to be called that. No telling. But I smiled. I was very upfront with him. I didn't act like I was up. I didn't bang on my steering wheel. I didn't get mad with myself. It was my own goofy fault. But guess what? Me smiling at a police, that can share right there. So let's share Jesus' love because he's coming.
He's coming. You know, I can't soon and very soon. We are gonna see the king. I can't remember the name of that one. You remember the name of that one? I know, I think it, who was it? It was but it was another one. Hey, look, he's gonna step out because dad said go get us. Soon and very soon, and guess what? It may not be then. I may pull out there in the middle of that four lane out there where people can get really crazy at that little intersection. And I might get T-boned. People go, oh, don't talk about stuff like that. It's life. Things happen. But I need to share. I'm sharing right now. Jesus loves you, and so do I. And that's what we need to do. Amen. He's the coming king. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, tonight, this wraps up our study of Jesus. The one who was, who is, and is to come. We go from him being a prophecy and being a deity in heaven till he comes down and he's a baby. Not, and you can't say that, oh, I grew up a you know, poor child. I'm sorry, he grew up, he was wrapped in rags and put in a feed trough. We don't have mangers. We have feed troughs in Alabama. It's the same thing. It's nasty. They're usually green, got stained green slobber stuff. At least it wasn't a hog trough. That's worse. But that's where our Jesus laid. You can't get more lowly than that. And then we see where he ends. I am the one who's coming back. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I am coming soon. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Y'all have a great evening out there in Facebook land. You have a great evening also.